great example, went to vet hospitals, barbershops, and coffee shops, right? Because they all have open Wi-Fi for their customers. Nothing segmented. It's super easy. The guy stole $50 million. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Whisker Talks, the veterinary marketing podcast from Whisker Cloud. I am Adam Greenbaum, CEO and founder of Whisker Cloud, and today I have Clint Latham with me. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Coming to us live from Golden, Colorado, one of my favorite places on earth. I started Whisker Cloud in Denver, Colorado. Now we're in California. How's how's life in my old stomping grounds today? Man, what a what a bummer. I'm sorry to hear you're uh, you end up in California over Colorado. It's great here, man. I mean, I can't complain. I joke all the time about wanting to because Denver has or Colorado, I guess, specifically has, I mean, being born and raised here, we've seen a lot of changes. You know, for the longest time people thought it was like a cow town and and I kind of wish it still had that reputation, you know. I'm not gonna lie, I love to wear a good pair of cowboy boots every now and again, but yeah, I wish it still had that reputation because now I talk about moving to like Montana or Idaho to get back to that original Colorado feel, you know, but it's like uh, there's an old Native American myth or I'm not sure what you would what the proper term for it is. But like on the Western Slope, like if you take the soil on the Western Slope, you're always going to come back no matter what happens. Like once you touch the soil on the Western Slope. So it's like I feel like that's generally the case in Colorado. I always tell myself we're going to move, but we never do. Well, I, I, I was originally from Vegas and then my whole family moved to Denver. So I moved to Denver and I had a great job and life was great. And then I had another job. I started a company and I met my now wife and she's from Long Beach and I'm from Vegas. I used to come out to Newport Beach and Huntington Beach. It's it's unbelievable here. It's also unbelievably expensive. But what happened was, you know, from when I lived there and I lived there a long time through, before, you know, when we moved in probably 2017, we lived in Cherry Creek. In Denver, nice. It, you know, it's a nice neighborhood. It's not like L.A. It's not like Beverly Hills, but it was crazy. Our rents on our apartment was like, oh, it's sixteen hundred. Oh yeah, we raised it. Oh, it's twenty one hundred. Oh, we're raising it, and it's like, hold up. If you know, all of a sudden it kept getting <laughs> raised, and we're like, well, if it's going to be this much, I may as well be able to walk to the ocean. And you know, now we're in Newport Beach, but I, I think about Denver a lot, and I think about you know, I mean, like I said, I started Whisker Club there. I was inspired by a lot of things there that got me into this industry. And, and that's where we'll start today. I ask everyone, you know, I, I love the Hulk and I love Marvel. So what's your veterinary origin story? What got you into veterinary medicine? You know, if somebody would have asked me seven years ago, eight years ago, you know, you're going to end up in the vet med space owning a cybersecurity and data protection company, I would have told them they're crazy. So I was, had a number, I was working in a, like kind of my second technology job. I'd been there for seven, eight years. Uh, at the time, I was going to a law school. I was about to graduate, and I was working simultaneously. So I didn't have the benefit of just being able to focus on going to school. So I was working while I was going to school. And at the same time, the company was selling, and so I knew I needed it to find something else. And initially, again, about back to our original topic, see, circling back, I had these ideas of grandeur that I was going to end up in like the San Francisco Bay Area, like working for a like specialized or one of these other bike manufacturers doing contract law was kind of what I but I was like, okay, I'm going to graduate. And that's kind of my next plan is to try to get a job up there, ride bikes through wine, you know, wine country and still be close enough to the mountains to ski and stuff. Yeah. End up finding a job with an, like an administrative IT company, kind of like what we were talking about earlier, you know, like just the people that help fix printers and that sort of stuff. And they had a large veterinary base and then they decided they wanted to 
get more focused in the vet space. And so as my role as like the CIO or VCIO, whatever you want to call it, I was kind of in charge of just getting more involved and yeah, just became, I got really involved kind of in the speaking circuit, really got kind of really sunk my teeth in the industry. And as somebody who like has had dogs, I love, you know, I love my dogs. And I think they're probably the greatest teachers I've had, especially when it comes to vet med, you know, as they were getting older and dealing with cancer and stuff and being somebody who's just insanely curious about all sorts of things, you know, I may not be an MD or haven't gone to school, but I'm really fascinated by like, well, what, what is, what are the reasons by why we're doing these treatments? I just really fell in love with the industry. And then I realized that even us as a company, as a, like a general IT company that was working to just try to help solve some of the underlying technology problems that we had really bad cybersecurity practices and working in software for a long time, you start, we started to have this shift of having to become more conscious about cybersecurity. And so then I started studying for what's the C it's called the CISSP. It's like the highest level security certificate you can get or accreditation. And I was just like, man, we are way off. And then I started seeing a lot of things in the industry as a whole that were a big problem and starting to talk to people. I just had friends in the industry like, dude, you should do this. Like, we should make this happen and before somebody else does. And before, you know, and I guess to pat myself on the back a, l- a little bit, like I really do love the industry. There's, I wouldn't change it for the world. And so it was like somebody that actually does care about the industry and isn't just trying to take money from the industry. We should do this. And so, yeah, I got some backing from some people in the industry to help me get it started. And yeah, that's where it is. And that's kind of how it all ended up. Love it. Yeah, I mean, I, I like people like you and and I that have a tech background that come into this industry that so sorely needs you and I and everyone else to just say, hey, you're doing some really weird stuff. And I'm not kidding you, man. Like some of the way that people have set things up, the Frankenstein email and phone rigs they have in their hospitals were like, I don't even have words for it. And and it's just so interesting. And I told you before we started recording, I hate IT people. And I hate anyone that's ever worked in IT. And and that's not just from my time at Whisker Cloud. I mean, I was the head of marketing for a couple of companies and I was constantly in fights with IT. And I'm, I'd always go to them and be like, I know what you do. Like, I, I'm here to have your back. But you don't strike me as that type of person. And and when I told everyone that I had you coming on today and I showed, I sent everyone a screenshot of your LinkedIn page, like half of our company was like, wait, what? You don't? And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I, I was like, I feel like I know this guy. He's going to be legit. So I've already, I already feel like this is going to be a really good conversation for us to talk through our problems together. And you're like, what the hell? I'm officially meeting you for the first time. Say what problems do you have? But I, and I think what's good about this is a lot of our customers listen and and I think they don't really understand what goes into launching a website from a domain or DNS perspective, nor do they understand what goes through hosting emails, which by the way, I hate hosting emails. And I said that to you before and you were like, yeah, don't do that. No, I, I hate it. In fact, yesterday I had a very public battle with Google Workspace because I am so tired of their shit and the way they handle email hosting. I hate them. You and I are going to talk about that later, but I hate them. I hate it. So without me ranting and and ruining my company, that's also completely built on Google's cloud base. Let's talk about a couple things. First of all, 
we probably one out of six, one out of seven of our hospitals that come to Whisker Cloud. Right now, I think we work with about 3,100 veterinary professionals worldwide. It's a lot. We've become a pretty big company. People don't realize this. So many people come to us because they've been hacked, because they had serious downtime, because they had serious email issues. Does any of that shock you? No, not at all. Again, I think that comes comes back to the problem I was talking about. And, and to circle back, I mean, you said something interesting there that I, I can completely, I think what's unique about the position that in the company that I'm trying to build and the things we're trying to do is you, you talked about this IT, this idea of the, the IT guy, like just being terrible to work with. Having been on the other side of the aisle, like you're 100% right. I knew it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, most IT professionals are awful. Like, I mean, I'm saying this to the whole, like if there are any IT people that are out there working, like you need to get your act together when it comes to like just customer service and you're hundred percent right. And when like, so uh, Logan, who's our director of customer success, you know, when she was, uh, she had reached out to me early on when I'd started the company and I wasn't really in a position to hire yet. I was like, didn't quite have the revenue, but she was like, I'm leaving, you know, I'm leaving the company I'm at. And I was like, we got to figure this out. Like if I have to give myself a pay cut or whatever, and where I'm going with this is because she is really good at just like, she's technical and she knows how to take care of people. And IT people don't know how to do that. Like it's just, I mean, being part of a software company that built a massive cloud infrastructure for financial accounting software, we actually had like an outsourced IT team. And I can't tell you how many times like I complained to the owner of that company. And I was like, dude, your staff is terrible. Like every time I pick up the phone, I don't want to talk to them because they're awful to deal with. And it feels like I'm being an inconvenience. And in an industry in the vet space, one thing that I learned early on is that a lot of vet vets when they're working with somebody they want that relationship right and we, i can't tell you how many times like we generally don't do like it support it's just we can we we know how to do it but it's just not what we're focused on and so a lot of times we have hospitals come to us and they're like great you can protect all of our data you can keep us safe you can help us guide us through this technology landscape but can you be our it company because it feels like every time i pick up the phone the person doesn't know us they don't know what the hell is going on with our environment i have to re-explain it you know if it's a larger company if it's a one man operation, then the problem is, well, you know, like he's great, but he he'll get to it in like four days because he's so busy. And, you know, and then, of course, most most of well, both big companies. And I mean, look at MBA, right? Massive IT company in-house, massive budgets and 400 hospitals hit. So, you know, this idea that you have an my IT guy has this covered is I, th I think is another big problem in the industry. And that's a whole nother soapbox. But I 100 percent agree with you that. The IT industry is terrible. Like it is not, it needs a it needs a big shift in customer service. And we're trying to be different, right? Like we're coming in as a security vendor, knowing that we're gonna have to work with those IT people. And a lot of times it's egos, right? Because then we're like, hey, we found all these gaps. And we know we're gonna find gaps. It's not like we're trying to throw you under the rug, dude. You're you're an IT admin, you're not a security professional. We're here to work together. And it's this defensive wall, like, I'm perfect, I know everything, yeah, I could go on, but you're you're 100% right. No, and by the way, it is that weird defensiveness, because here's the deal. It's like, when an IT person from one of our hospitals emails us, they're like, and we're always like, what can we help with? What do you need? Anything. We're here to help the customer. Dude, 
and and like this is how it is like dude we don't give a shit about you we don't care and we're not offended that you're emailing us but it's always not the same and here's the deal like a lot of people come to us they're not with the other template skin website companies out there and they're just like oh i want something better with whisker cloud a lot of them are like we have a local it guy who does it he charges us 48 dollars and he charges us 60 dollars an hour and then and i always say the same thing i'm like and let me guess you asked for one change he sends you a thing for it was 50 bucks he took one one person off the website and I, like that's why we do unlimited support because i'm not here to nickel and dime them whereas like i'll always ask like what do you give the it per person per month they're like oh yeah we have a contract with them it's 600 a month i'm like what the fuck are they doing for you for 600 a month if you're a little vet hospital like i'm sorry to put it that way so and again i think and they're like well you know he set up our phones and he helps us with our email so i just think it's like interesting this point of this isn't to bash on it but it's just sort of you deal with it people we deal with it people your backgrounds in it and i just thought it would be funny to start the episode with that because it is it's like i was telling you before we recorded we'll be like hey do you mind adding this record to the you know to the dns and just so everyone out there understands we have cloud servers through google those cloud servers have IP addresses for each install each install is where we host your site files and database and do backups and things like that well, every, each one has its own IP address. So when we need to launch your website, we need to either have access where we can change the record to point to our cloud server, or we need them to do it. What's really crazy, and this is a true story, we were trying to get someone's site launched, and they had a deadline, and we had a deadline. We were really trying to make things good for them. And we sent the them and the IT person, the A record, and said, can you just put this A record up just really quick? He responds always like, hey, guys, this is usually a 24, 48 hour thing. You know, I'm so sorry. So I took a, I did a screenshot video and and I did what and I did it on another account. What we needed done. And it was eight seconds. The screenshot from the moment I logged into that and I sent the video. I said, I'm not trying to be rude, but can you explain to me what more needs to happen uh, beyond this video? And it was an eight second video. And we got an email back like three minutes later and like, it's done. Everyone have a nice day. And it's like, you know, on one hand, you want to just reach out to him privately and be like, listen, man, I, don't make us do that. I don't, I, you know, I own Whisker Code. I don't want to be an asshole in front of the customer, but why, why'd you make me do that? It takes eight seconds. In the time you responded to the email saying it's going to take 48 hours, it'd be done. Get it off your plate. Move on. So, but we're not here to bash on IT people. Yeah. I mean, we've had similar experiences where they're leaving IT companies. Well, we have somebody internally that's like smart enough to, fix the majority of our, our problems, right? Like, you know, we have somebody that's like technical enough to reboot a computer or reinstall Cornerstone or whatever the case may be is. And we just want you to really protect us and then kind of be there to give us some guidance when we get in over our heads. And so a lot of times we're communicating with like the other IT company to, because we just, we, you know, one thing that we do is we build a disaster recovery plan and disaster recovery plan, incident response plan, whatever you want to call it. And then we also kind of create like this run book that helps you understand what that looks like, gives you RTO, real-time recovery objectives, recovery point objectives, all those important things with the different data sets within the hospital. And a lot of times we're like, hey, you know, they'll have some jankity antivirus that causes more problems than it does good, usually doesn't really provide that great protections. And we're like, hey, we need you to pull this because we just don't want to deal with it. And they're, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, we have this whole process and it, you know, it takes a long time. I'm like, no, it doesn't, dude. I know you're using like Webroot, which Webroot is okay. in in some regards, it's not great, but it's like, I know you go into the Webroot console, you click one button and just says deactivate. 
and it should uninstall. So it's not like it takes you forever. So yeah, I'm completely with you. I don't know what it is about the IT world as a whole that's just terrible, but yeah, we deal with it as well. So, well, and let's let's just jump right into this. So from a cybersecurity issues, like, you know, and obviously like we locked down the websites like times a trillion. There's no way. I mean, it's funny. We get these like reports from our Google Cloud team every month. It's like you had 2.8 billion attempts on your sites last month with zero successes. And we're like, yeah, that's every month. And it's always funny. We're like, should we email that to people? But then we are always like, well, they're going to ask questions. And it's like, Shit, even we don't know. A lot of it's just like brute force attacks and login attempts and and scrapers that, you know, we use Cloudflare to block. But what are the biggest cybersecurity issues that the vet hospitals face inside the hospital? Oh, that's great. I mean, when I so when I first started realizing that this was a problem, things were just ancillary, right? The vet industry was getting caught up in kind of the web of healthcare, right? So I think a great example is look at Merck Animal Health. $670 million in damages because of a nation state attack between Russia and the Ukraine, right? So kind of getting caught in the ancillary because technology doesn't have borders, right? So it doesn't know that like, uh, well, this company's not in Ukraine. And there are a bunch of other examples like that on the smaller scale. But that's just a really big one that directly impacted the industry. What is interesting over the last couple of years is we've seen general, general A, the biggest problem is that most most practice managers or veterinarians don't understand how attacks actually work. And so they have the, this mindset, well, why would anybody want Fluffy's medical records? And we could get into the whole le like legal aspects of that, especially with CCPA rolling out and being replicated in 16 other states, basically word for word, you know, what that means from actual a liability perspective. And now actually with new sanctions being put on paying ransom, where, you know, like if you get hit and then you haven't had proper protections, if you pay the ransom, there's now sanctions from the U.S. government that now you could also face legal implications and a lot of fines and stuff for actually paying the ransom, just trying to get your business up and running. So that stuff aside, because that's a whole other conversation, is that, yeah, we went from like kind of being ancillary, being caught up in the human medical health and how attacks are targeted, right? Like I'm not going to spend the time or the effort or the money to attack one business, right? It's just not worth my time. I'm going to craft an attack that I can release on the world. And then whoever is the path of least resistance is going to get hit. Now, medical, the medical care field is very much like, maybe not so much more, maybe they've been forced to change a little bit, because I haven't worked in that field in a while. But veterinary medicine just is slow to actually adopt some basic protections to help keep them safe. And so they become the path of least resistance. Now, with that being said, over the last couple of years, we've actually seen tax that have been crafted specifically for the vet industry. I think what, especially now through supply chain attacks, because they're realizing that there are a number of large organizations that have access to thousands of businesses. And especially with some of the smaller corporate groups that we work with, I mean, we've done a number of audits and like some forensic analysis to try to backtrack what happened, what data was exposed, working with legal teams on any sort of notification requirements. They realize that if I can get one, I can get hundreds or I can get thousands. And if I can hit each one of them at under the $500,000 limit, the FBI is not going to get involved and it's going to put them between a rock and a hard place where they're probably going to have to pay us, right? So 
The AVMA's average claim, I think, is $135,000 from their cybersecurity PLIT insurance. So we see a lot of, I mean, ransomware is obviously huge. Business email compromise, I think, is the, the most interesting one. We get calls pretty often of hospitals that have essentially been extorted of I don't know. I don't know if extortion is quite the right the right word, but they get into the email account. If you're cloud based practice management system, because we again we as an industry, and I have some friends at some of these softwares that I'm like, I really like what they're doing, and I'm like, dude, where's your roadmap for some of these basic protections? And again, they just don't have the security mindset. And so, if you're a cloud based practice management system, what we see is they get into the email account because generally it's pretty easy to do, especially with our password lack of packs, password complexity in the industry. They get in, they get access to the practice management system because they can log into it from wherever. They start downloading invoices from all of your customers and your entire customer record set. And then what they do is they start sending emails from your hospital email account, again, because you're using a free email account or you're just using a basic service that doesn't have any really good protections on it. And so all your, and you don't see it, like you don't know what's happening, right? All this stuff happens behind the scenes. And if you're technical enough like us, we know where to look for, you know, once somebody's like, Hey, I think something's going on. We can generally know exactly where to look to see where the, how they're trying to cover their tracks. They're sending all these invoices like, Hey, we actually weren't able to process this because our credit card machines went down. Can you just re, can you pay this invoice for us? And here's a payment link. So you can, we made it really easy for you. So you can go on and pay it. Well, of course that money isn't going to you. It's going to somebody else. Now you're left with all of your customers are paying somebody else. They've got access to your entire customer record. You're left trying to pick up the pieces from your customers that are pissed that have paid it. And like, well, how the hell am I going to get my money back? And you're like, sorry, you were scammed on behalf of us, right? And it becomes this huge nightmare. We also had a hospital call us not too long ago that they essentially got in, saw some communications that they were working on, like getting some new equipment in the hospital that was big expense and found the the bookkeeper information and then was like, hey, we need you to pay. Can you wire this money pretending to be the owner of the hospital? Can you wire this money to this account for, let's just say, x-ray company Y, you know, in, in the amount of $40,000. And even the, you know, the accountant smart, like, oh, you know, I don't think, uh, are you sure? Like, I'm pretty sure we've done this. And they're like, yeah, thanks for following up. You're right good on you for checking that it was me. It is me. Go ahead and send it. They send the 40 grand, that 40 grand has gone. It's been wired to Bangladesh or somewhere else. And then it wasn't until like they started requesting more and then up and then they got greedy and requested like a hundred K. And then the accountant called the owner and was like, dude, what's going on with all this money transfer? We don't have this kind of cash. And she's like, that wasn't me. How much money have we lost? And so it's like, they lost years and years worth of profit profits. I'm not sure potentially went a little bit negative because they just got hacked. And so I think one another one that we've seen that's pretty industry specific is if there's a hospital listening who on actually I should ask this question. If you aren't hiring right now, raise your hand, right? Yeah. Most hospitals are hiring. And so we've seen a lot of fake resume attacks. And so, you know, they get resumes of people that they download the resume, they get access to the network, they sit on the network for, for about a week, two weeks pull as much data off the network as they can, and then they lock you out of it. So most hospitals don't realize that it's like, when you get hit with ransomware, they've already probably been there for 30 days, likely. So they've already been in there for a long time and they didn't even realize it. And again, because my IT guy has this covered, we have WebRoot installed, we're good to go. 
it's just not catching this stuff. And they're there taking everything that you've built. It's really unfortunate because you just don't know what you don't know. I love all of that. And I don't love it because it's all scary stuff. But one thing we try not to do at Whisker Cloud is use scare tactics in our marketing or when we're talking to customers. And some of our competitors do that. Some of our competitors email our clients and, and say a bunch of fake stuff. In fact, sometimes, and this is true, our competitors, you know who you are, and sorry, everyone else knows who you are, calls our customers and says, I'm so-and-so with Whisker Cloud. This is going on. That's happened. That got lawyers involved. That has happened. Oh, I want to say their name, but I won't. I won't talk about it. I almost, I almost dropped a hint. I'm like, oh, I'll be above it. But anyway, and I like what you said, like a couple minutes ago, you said, you know, and a lot of vets ask us, why would they want little old me? And I have to say what, exactly what you said the whole time. You're a business. You do $130,000 a month in revenue. You have payment processing. You're easy target. No, they're not going to go after banks. No, they're not going after Elon Musk. They're going after you because you're easy and you have payment stuff tied to your practice management system. So yeah, it's like, it's always this funny thing where it's like, you know, a lot of veterinarians think like, I'm the small vet in Tell City, Indiana. What the hell? And I'm always just like, that's the point. You're easy target. So it's tough. I mean, we we personally spend a lot of extra money. You know, we have Google Cloud servers that we provide, that we host our customers' websites on. They give us a crazy amount of security. We pay a lot extra for security. On top of that, we use Cloudflare, which offers a crazy amount of other security options for us that I could talk about for the next hour. And then beyond that, we had a situation, and some of our customers' listings probably caught it where we were getting spam emails into our sites and we i'm not kidding we have honey pots that both come built in and that we created on our own we've also created our own spam filters and they were still getting through and and our director of web development had to like literally write her own javascript to block it and we had to manually add it to a crazy amount of sites in a very fast time to stop people from clicking it but even on the whisker call blog we send out posts like there was a big thing on taking control of google my business pages here's the problem google my business page it's as simple as one person just requests access they get the thing the names are always wild. They're like 200 letters and they, and they accepted it and they're like, and then they'll email us and say, you know, Hey, your team has access. We're like, we didn't, you know, we didn't do that. And they're like, Oh, you're not, you know, it's just like these long gibberish names. And we're like, that's not real. That doesn't say whisker cloud anywhere on it. Why did you do that? And then we've, we've had to go to Google and like fight to get their, their listings back. And then their listings get updated with like fake links and, Viagra pill stuff and Cialis pill stuff. And it's a lot. And the same thing you and I were talking, we host emails, we host thousands and thousands and thousands of emails. And unfortunately for whisker cloud, I hate hosting emails because hosting emails is our Costco chicken. We don't make a single penny on it and we do it as sort of like a, Hey, we love you. We're, you know, we get a little bit of special pricing from Google. We're going to manage it for you just to say, thanks for being a customer. And I'm so tired of it because we don't make a penny on it. But every day we, our support team does 25 to 30 tickets from people who are like, I got hacked. Someone, I got this wrong thing. I downloaded this and we go into, you know, we host them through Google workspace and we turn on every security measure we can and we keep them as tight as possible it doesn't matter. Oh, I, so I put my, I, I, what I did was my computer wasn't working. I actually went, this happened. I went to an Apple store and I logged into my email at the Apple store and I forgot to log out. And 
I mean, I remember that conversation. I would, I happened to be on the call. I'm like, you did what? Hold on. You logged into your work email at the Apple store. I'm like, I have to say, even if you didn't have a work email, logging into any email in any public computer in like a store like that is the most insane thing I've ever heard. So I don't even know. Cause like you're the cybersecurity company, you're the cybersecurity expert, not me. You know, if I own a practice and I have a nice website and I have my emails hosted, even beyond that though, it's like, let me ask you this question. What percentage of hospitals do you think train for cybersecurity issues? Oh, none. Zero. Oh, well, I, I guess there's a small percentage, right? Because we always recommend getting cybersecurity insurance. Again, because even companies that work with us, they like we still can't implement. It's hard for us. We actually, um, we actually like kind of self-audit ourselves pretty frequently. So we have a number of different security vendors and and different people and consultants and organizations that we always like, hey, can you just review what we're doing and help us keep the blinders, you know sometimes we get the blinders on. We want to make sure that we're doing what's right. And, you know, a lot of them, you know, we, we had this conversation about like, well, you know, are you guys, lever- are you guys, you know, how is your IAM controls or your identity access management controls? And we're like, yeah, it's tough, right? Like we, we push password managers all the time and, and nobody wants to leverage it. And so where I'm going with that, I guess, is that we tell them all the time, like, hey, you need to do this, you need to do Y, you know, you need to do X, you need to do Y. And it's, they have, like, I can't give it to you for free, right? Like, I can set it up, we can manage it, we can make sure you're protected. But unless you're, you say yes, you know, you're, you're still at risk. And so I think coming back to the email piece, having worked in both, so, I mean, for being in IT, you know, you, you work with Microsoft for forever, right? Because Microsoft was kind of the go-to enterprise solution. And so then there's a lot of hatred against Microsoft, but I feel like I've kind of come full circle and having been in the Google Workspace camp and working with a couple of organizations that use Google Workspace, Google Workspace sucks for a number of reasons. A, it's really expensive. Comparatively speaking, when you look at Office 365, which would be the comparable business suite, implementing any sort of like actual real security controls and measures within Google Workspace, you have to be a Google developer. It takes, you know, like for some of our customers, we have an email protection suite that leverages kind of groupthink, right? So if a hospital in, say, New York gets an email and they're like, oh, and our system doesn't have 80% confidence that it's actually like phishing or it's bad, it'll give them a warning like, hey, you should put your eyes on this. And it says like, Luca doesn't recognize this. Be careful with this. And they're like, oh yeah, this is definitely phishing or this is bad. It's like a one button click. In order for us to set that up, well, I guess I should finish where that, how that works. So as soon as they click that email, it immediately updates every other hospital in our network. So they're immediately protected. So if that, if that person or that email then tries to attack any other person in our network, they don't even see it. It's gone. It, it, it's blocked by our tools. But to set that up, it takes probably an hour and a half to two hours to get everything set up. So they have this simple one button click solution. In Office 365, it's it's one button and done, right? So it's just so much easier. Converting shared mailboxes, stuff like that, where, I mean, how often are doctors leaving, associates leaving, vet techs, managers that have their own email account, and you need to be able to control those. Google Workspace, you either have to migrate it to somebody else's account or you have to pay like $5 a month for an archived account. Not with Microsoft. They're basically like converted to a shared account. It, you know, it's its own individual thing. It's not going anywhere. 
but you don't pay for it anymore and other people can have access to it. So there's just like all these things that are, that allow us to be smart with email, a controlling the data, making sure we have access to all the emails that come in from our doctors our reception staff, controlling all those shared mailboxes. It's far more cost effective. I mean, you can set up a office 365 email account, I think for five or six bucks a month. And it's $12 a month with, with Google workspace. If you want the complete office suite, like you can actually download office. And I'm not talking office online, like Google work docs. I think it's eight or nine bucks a month. Google Workspace is still $12 and you don't have any local offline apps you can use. Like it's just such a, like Google has done an amazing job of like pushing and getting people to use Google Docs and the Google Drive and OneDrive, yeah, it does suck. And there's some better solutions out there. And I think it's primarily been Google Drive, I think driving this, but Microsoft has gotten it down, especially from a cost perspective, making it easy to actually protect and implement. Because if you look at the terms of service on both G Suite or Google Workspace and Office, they don't guarantee the email data. Even though you're paying for it, it could all, you could wake up one morning and it could be gone, right? And Google is going to say, sorry, dude, we told you that there's a potential that you should have it protected through a third party vendor and there's nothing we, we can do about it. We had a glitch somewhere in a data center somewhere. The likelihood of that happening, not very high. It has happened in the past, but again, to implement an easy, infinite retention, especially when it comes to cybersecurity, because when most people make a mistake, especially in vet hospitals, they don't have the psychological safety within the organization and within the culture of the hospital to go to a, their manager or the owner and be like, hey, I made a mistake. What do we do here, right? I, I, I got tricked, right? Not realizing that these people are professionals. And so they try to shuffle this stuff under the rug, meaning they delete the, okay, their first thought is like, okay, delete this email out of this box. I clicked on this link, but if I delete it and get rid of it, it's going to stop everything, not knowing that it's too late. But for us to come in and then actually figure out what happened, what, what did it do, and actually to kind of go through the analysis and the forensic cyber forensics piece, we need access to all that email history and we need to be able to read the headers and we need to be able to track this down and, and look where everything's going. And we can't do that if they delete everything. So another reason that you should always back things up and always have copies of them. And also I can't tell you how many times like a hospital has gotten into some sort of like legal dispute with a customer and they're like, Hey, they're like, they've called us and been like, Hey, can you actually recover this email from like five, this email chain from like five years ago? Because I deleted it and now we need to go back and we need to cover our tracks. No problem. And it takes us three seconds to do it because we, it's infinite retention from the date we set it up. And again, this sort of, these sorts of sub protections are insanely easy within the Microsoft ecosystem. And then if I put on like my data privacy hat, Google as a tracking international company, I'm sorry, is terrible. They are, I mean, if we, especially if we look at the things that were just done in Russia recently with them, basically the Putin administration calling Google and be like, hey, if you want to stay in Russia, I need you to pull everything from my competitor and who's trying to run against me. I need you to pull them kind of off offline. And Google did it without hesitation. And so plus a lot of stuff we see in China in the Uyghur Muslims and just a lot of the stuff they're doing, they're just not really a great company as a whole. And Microsoft their business model isn't around tracking, right? They aren't in the business. They haven't quite figured that out yet. Not to say that they won't get there, but they make their revenue on a whole other area of, of business. Like look at LinkedIn, right? Like if you look at the traffic in LinkedIn and how LinkedIn, LinkedIn is very business focused, how has it maintained that even though Microsoft owns it? Because they make money selling job listings, right? Yeah, job listings. Unlike... 
Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, these other platforms where they're selling you, right? So they're selling ad space to you rather than being a professional platform. So you can just see some bigger differences. Again, now I'm putting my kind of data, data privacy hat on and, and kind of some of the problems we're seeing there. But we always recommend going with op- Office 365 because it's, especially with hospitals, they're so cost conscious. It's cheaper. We can implement a lot more better protections and solutions and still keep the cost per license under probably what it costs for one Google Drive license and you're protected and it just makes your life a whole lot easier. So I know I just word souped a whole lot of stuff there. No, I mean, and again, like, you know, like I was saying, so before this, this is going to be creepy, before this podcast recording, you know what I did? I took your website, I put it through security trails because I knew we were going to be talking about email and I wanted to know, do you host your emails on on Microsoft or Google? And I already knew the answer because I've already looked at your DNS records to know. And by the way, anyone out there, that's really easy to look up. And it's funny. So in the last couple of days when I've been struggling with Google support, it, listen, and everyone listening who's like, wait, hold the, hold on. Like you guys host our veterinary emails through Google and this expert just said it sucked. It works for your emails. And we and we do a lot and we put a lot in. We put a lot of records in your DNS. We do a lot. But I I and just so everyone out there knows, I'm currently weighing options to move Whisker Cloud's internal emails to Microsoft and our customers. And I'm gonna figure out if we have to do it, we're gonna go to each customer. There's a lot. There's thousands and thousands of emails, and we're gonna figure it out because I want what's best. And if something that we're offering it's like I said, we don't make money on it. So this is a lot of thought on my part, just wanting to make sure our customers have the best and wanting to make sure internally we have the best. But I will say the support we get from them makes me sick to my stomach. So, I mean, it's just, it's the most pathetic support. And I say this, if you're out there listening, Google, because you're everywhere, I love our cloud servers and you, you know, everything Whisker Cloud does, all of our APIs are all built on your platform. So thanks, big fans, love you. Don't take any of this the wrong way, but your email stuff and some of the other security stuff, it is a joke and it's, and it's become a problem. We had a guy, a guy at our company on the web team, I get a Slack message one day and he's like, is it okay if I go at noon to pick up those gift cards? And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? He's like, I got an email from you. I got an email. Yeah. He's like, I got an email from you asking to go use gift cards and put it on the company card. And then I said, I don't have one. And you just said, use your own and I'll reimburse you. And I said, can you forward that to me right now? Here's the weird part. The name on it said Adam Greenbaum, but the email was like gibberish. And it was like at a gibberish domain. I'm like, dude, I was like, don't embarrass me by falling for that. It, you know, just because it said my name, I'm like, look at the email. I said, I've never, I said, you don't have a company card, like seven people here have company cards. Don't you think like, was it, didn't that tip you off that something was weird? And then when like, you can slack me the first time and then you're like, oh, I'm going to go get him. I was like, dude, come on. We got to be better than that. He's, he's younger. But yeah, I mean, it was like, it was crazy. And it's crazy that like, it doesn't even show up as like fishing. And you know, someone out there is like, okay, who owns the company? Perfect. Let's figure out their email structure. Okay, well, his is on his LinkedIn. It's Adam at whiskercloud.com. Oh, great. Now everyone's going to email me. Whatever. You can email me. I love you all. But um, <laughs> as, as I'm like, we're talking about cybersecurity. I'm like, my email is and my password is so simple. It's just, <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, 
they figure it out. They send those emails. And if, if, if a guy with a degree in, in technology and has a nice job at Whisker Cloud could fall for it, anyone at a vet hospital could fall for it. Exactly. No, you're 100% right. And I think that's what most people don't understand. And here, let me give you a great, let me give you a great example. Here I am, my, I'm on my way. I'm actually at the airport to travel to a conference to speak on this topic, right? And I'm sitting there and I was actually in the process of doing an audit. And there was a third party involved. And I'm sitting there and all of a sudden I get this email from him. And it, it's like, hey, here's some, you know, we've been working on this audit together and I need you to sign off. Can you review this? Can you review? I mean, it was, it was everything. It was like the details, basic details about the project. And it seemed hundred percent legit. I click on it and then it's like, Hey, we need you to, you know, enter your office 365 credentials. And I was like, okay. So he shared it with me, enter my credentials. Boom. All of a sudden I'm getting two FA notifications. Somebody's trying to log into your account from, I think it was like India or something. And then what was ironic is that then as soon as I logged in, it redirected me. I knew right away because then it redirected me to this. It was a, basically a government document, just like a random government document that, you know, is like public, public, public knowledge that you could just go on to, you know, gov something.gov and look it up. And I knew immediately then like, oh, crap, like they got me. You know, well, A, they compromised him and then they and then they used him to get me. And here's somebody who thinks about this stuff all the time. But again, they're really smart, right? So like, I'm not like, I'm somebody who thinks about this stuff all the time. Like I got a, um, we work with a number of hospitals in Texas and one of the owners sent on Sunday night, sends me a text message to my email account. And it's this weird number and there's a text number, you know, and it's like a dot text file. And there's like, I'm like, there's no way I'm opening this thing. So I load up Tails to get into what Tails is. I load up Tails. I go into Tails. I pull it up in Tails. I download the file. After I download the file, I run it through virus total. It comes back clean. I'm like, okay, nothing, nothing's flagged here. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to open it. I'm in tails. What's the worst? Nothing's going to happen. Right. So I open it and it just says like, it's a, an Apple news link. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. So I scrape the art. Yeah. So I scrape, scrape the Apple news link, put it in, again. I run it through virus total. I run it through blacklight. I run it through all these tools and it's like, Okay, it's coming back clean. It's actually coming back example. So I click on it and it's this whole article about how people are, you know, they're you think you're safe because you're using your phone as a hotspot, but they they've been finding, you know, these guys are setting up man in the middle attacks to essentially be able to take that over. And so he said there's a secondary text message via email that says, like, oh my God, like I need to talk to you about how I actually set up a VPN when I'm when I'm traveling and how we do how we do this right. But he, but like so it's like I went through that that initial incident where I was like really tricked. And now, of course, I, like something that was actually legit, I've gone above and beyond loading an op, you know, a container operating system where nothing's going to happen. It's going to wipe. Everything's fine. Only to find out it was legit. So where I'm going with this is that most people that get hacked, they're being hacked by a professional, right? Like think about a musician, a magician. The reason they're able to trick you and do these magic tricks is because they're professionals, right? That's how they trick you. And a most some of the world's best hackers aren't that technically savvy. They aren't like there's some that have stolen hundreds of millions of dollars just knowing how to manipulate people. And so the fact like if somebody gets hit, like I'm always like, it's not their fault, you know, like I mean, unless it's like the Nigerian Prince email. You know, everybody should know about that one by now. But like generally, I'm like, look, if you get hit, like 
generally it's not your fault because these people are professionals and that's why we need tools and things in place to help give us safeguards so that when we do make a mistake, we're dealing with seconds to remediate things, not minutes, not hours. So if we have basic tools in place that allow us those few seconds to remediate things, we should be fine. I just saw an article in the last couple of days. This guy is was arrested and is being charged. Like It was like over $100 million just from sending fake bills to Google and Facebook, and they were just paying them without even like questioning who they were. Google and Facebook could get hit just by some random guy sending bills that look legit, and they're just sending out checks. So, no, I, I, I'm with you. And again, I think even at Whisker Cloud, you know, we take we take serious measure on our websites and, you know, any of the ad accounts we run. I mean, it's almost, to be honest, it's annoying. I mean, one of the things we've talked about that we've been struggling to figure out is we have two factor authentication, insane passwords, like all kinds of stuff. And then we put on as much the highest security level as possible. Well, when our director of web development wants to start moving sites that aren't on Cloudflare to Cloudflare, oh my God, man, it's ev- it's each one. It's like we have to do a, we have to get a text message approval every time we change every record. So sometimes, like at you know, adding a site, you'll need six, you'll need six texts. It takes forever, but that's how seriously we're taking it because we've had customers who have given away the passwords to their domains and then had them transferred out of their account and gone. And you that that domain's gone forever. And you know, it's like you might think that, you know, pause best is your lifeblood, but you know, it could be much more serious than that. You know, that's why companies like apple.com, google.com, you'd never get access to I mean, whiskercloud.com. You'd have to, it, we're Fort Knox to get to that. Like you'd have to, you'd have to, ha- I'd have to be dead right next to you for you to get to that. Basically you'd have to cut my fingers off, have my phone. So, man, this is so interesting. And yeah, it's, it's so interesting for us because there's a lot of times when whiskercloud customers come to us and say, can you help us? We were hacked and we're like, all right, we don't manage your email you know, it didn't come through your site. We always send them like, okay, this is what to do. And now I'm glad that I can just say, Hey, uh, here you go. Have our team just send them your way and be like, here's your disaster recovery plan. And they'll say, isn't this expensive? And we'll say, yeah, it's sort of just like the vaccinations that you pitch to your patient or clients, right? Prevention is always cheaper than treatment. It's the same deal with cybersecurity. It's the same deal with SEO. And I don't think a lot of vets think about that. You know, on this podcast, I'm trying to remember who said it. Someone said a lot of vets will step over a dollar to pick up a dime. And it's so interesting when it comes to cybersecurity or having a nice website or having strong emails. It is. It's like, I don't know. It's it's it costs how much? I'm not going to do that. Well, you know, I mean, you gave a talk once on Merck Animal Health losing hundreds of millions of dollars, right? 670, yeah. 670 million dollars. They happened in less than five minutes. How nuts is that? I mean, think about it. If you're out there listening, how nuts is that? That's crazy. And there's, I mean, even if you figure out a way to come back from that, there's no coming back from that. I mean, that's just, I mean, if, if something like that happened to Whisper Cloud, I'd be out of business tomorrow. I'd be, I'd be in deep trouble. So yeah, I mean, and, and companies like Merck and some of these larger companies, I mean, I always say this, my, my cousin is a VP at Comcast. I'm like, dude, the infrastructure that we've built at Whisker Cloud with our technology internally between cloud servers and emails and slacks and file management and support tickets. I mean, it's pretty intense. When new people start here, we, we put them through a lot of protocols and like, 
I don't know how the Apples and Googles and Facebooks do it because they must probably get attacked a trillion times a day. I don't. I, I literally have no idea how it works. Interesting enough, I don't think so. Uh, I think that comes back to the other piece where, like, like you know, you guys are leveraging like the Google Cloud services, and a lot of times, a lot, a lot of hospitals, they're like, you know, we're thinking about going to the cloud, like, you know, like forklifting their entire network infrastructure to the cloud, and they're like, where should we go? Should we, should we not go to like Azure or Google Cloud or AWS? And I'm like, no, you should. Because these are a lot of times they know they have a target on their back, right? Like they know they have a, a security for, mindset forefront because they know they are the titans of big tech, right? They know that they're going to come after them. And so, you know, if you look at the IAM policies you can set up in AWS or, Google, you know, the Google Cloud services, I mean, it's intense, right? Like it, there's a lot of a lot of things you can do there. And you know, encryption at rest, the way it, the way it's spread out. I'm not sure how Google, if Google Cloud Service says the same thing, but like data center front loading where, you know, like you can front load your applications or websites based on region and that kind of stuff to make for ease of accessibility. But, but like for me to craft, again, for me to craft an attack to go after one of these guys is much harder, right? I mean, nowadays, I think I just posted a thing this morning, like there are ransomware as a service companies and there are phishing as a service companies. And you can go to these organizations and you can say, hey, I want to set up a phishing campaign to, to ransomware some companies. And I want to set up a rant and then go to them like I need the ransomware tools. They're not going to tell you to ransomware Google. They're not going to tell you to ransomware, set up a phishing campaign to AWS or Amazon. They're going to be like, hey, well, let's look at some of these one to... $3 million companies, right? Where you, you can hit 10 or 15 of them, you know, make a million bucks in 48, 50 hours, you know, 48, maybe 72 hours, and then move on to the next, the next group. Right. And so it becomes again, because it's much, much easier because everybody's like, why would anybody want to attack me? Right. And so, and you, you actually said at the beginning, it's like, because you are easy to hit. That's the problem. And I know like, you know, it's hard from a cybersecurity perspective because you're right. It's like, I don't want to just like put the fear of God in you and just like talk about all these horror stories. But I feel like nobody really understands because nobody hears about the hospital in Arizona that got hit in November, thought their practice management system was backed up by one of, you know, our veterinary titans of industry. Turns out it really wasn't and it really wasn't working. And so they call us in, I think, like March to help them recover data because they've been working with this practice management system and they're still missing six and seven months worth of history and they can't get it recovered and they're having all these problems. So it's like, again, nobody hears about that, right? Like we hear it every day. We get calls every week, you know, like I get calls, like I got a new text message this morning from another industry partner and like, Hey, can you help this doctor? Because their accounts were just compromised and hacked and can you help them recover it? And so a lot of times we have to hack the hacker to, to get things back. And but we nobody hears about that. That doesn't make the nightly news. The three, you know, the hospital, Cam the Carter, great example, went to vet hospitals, barbershops, and coffee shops, right? Because they all have open Wi-Fi for their customers. Nothing segmented. It's super easy. The guy stole $50 million, right? So, and I can get into the technical ways if anybody was interested of in how he actually physically accomplished it. But just by being able to get access to free Wi-Fi, open Wi-Fi for the customers, he stole $50 million. And again, because we're easy. So it's like this idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. Like, you know, you guys are smart leveraging one of these big data center companies in a lot of respects, because it just becomes easier to keep stuff protected. 
Unless you're an idiot and you, you open everything up wide open to the web, then then that's your own fault. You know, it's I was just about to say, well, yeah, you know, hopefully you think through these things, but you know, you're in the hospital, life's crazy, there's phones ringing, dogs barking, it nuts, and you get an email that looks legit. I don't know how many how many CSRs are going to think, oh, let me actually triple check this, but. So, okay, this was a killer episode. I feel so excited about it because I think this was an episode, you know, everyone out there knows. I'm like, I don't want to have these, you know, I, I hate where these episodes, I love this podcast, by the way. I love it so much. And like, I don't want every episode to be like, okay, so it's toxic and how do we all treat each other better? It's important. I hope everyone listens to this and like immediately is like, shit, <laughs> I've opened some sketchy emails in the last week. So after, after people listen to this episode, how can they find you? How can they, you know, read your blog? What, what do you recommend they do? What's your 60 second pitch to them for like what they need to do after this episode? Yeah, great question. I think it's a great way to wrap up this whole like fear mongering campaign, right? Is that cybersecurity, like we've talked about how complicated all this sounds and all these, these attacks, but it really doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be complicated and it doesn't have to be expensive, Right. There are things that you can do yourself that will have a, a huge impact on just keeping your business safer than, say, 80% of the other hospitals out there. And uh, if, if you go to our website, you can get a free ebook. It's called Five Simple Steps to Protect Your Hospital. You go there, you click on the button, download the ebook, and it'll give you five things that are either free or cost pennies on the dollar. You know, we're talking like, like one of them is implementing a password manager. I think that costs like 10 bucks a month, depending on which one you use. If you want your own password manager, you can leverage Bitwarden, which is a great open source tool, and you can install it on your own server, or have your IT guy set it up, and then it doesn't cost you anything because it's open source, it's free. Have your loser IT guy set it up. He'll probably charge <laughs> you nine hours at $50, but whatever. <laughs> nine, $50 an hour, shit, we've seen some IT guys charging $182 an hour, but that's another that's another conversation. But yeah, there, there are things you can do to set that up and and that will really give you the biggest bang for the buck. You know, though, really the only social media platform I'm on is LinkedIn. You know, follow me there. I try to put something out that's of valuable at least every day. Every Monday, we write a new article that's specific about the veterinary industry and the current trends that are happening in cybersecurity. So that comes out every Monday. Our content writer does an amazing job of researching the industry and the current trends and really making it relevant to the industry. So there's a lot of articles that it's like all SMB focused, you know, small to medium sized business. This is really, we try to make it specifically to the industry. How does it impact you? How do you make a difference? That comes out every Monday. And then of course, you know, we you follow me on LinkedIn. I think earlier we saw that TikTok is under investigation for exfiltrating data to the Chinese government and possibly some child data. So if you're curious about personal data privacy and what's going on there, what are some of the legal battles or trust issues, antitrust issues, we try to talk about stuff like that as well to help you keep you safe as an individual as well in this wild west that is data. So yeah, so LinkedIn, you can find me, Clint Latham. And then of course our website, Luca.vet. We actually have a terrible website. Speaking to a website company, like it's not good, but we do the best that we can. <laughs> we can. We keep talking about like investing and getting a better website. We probably sound just like a hospital, right? But we're like, no, we got to, well, you know, let's throw $30,000 at this new tool so that we can, you know, and then to build this new tool. We never focus on ourselves as far as like actually making a better web presence. I wasn't going <laughs> to bring it up, but I was ready to bring it up. But I yeah, bring no, it up. I know. I, I definitely know we, we need to do something with it. But uh, yeah, that's, you know, ironically, most people are like, no, nah, we, you know, like, they're like, no, we don't touch, you know, vendors websites. I'm like, oh, sorry, it's fine. Whatever. <laughs> we'll figure it out. 
Dude, I thank you so much for this. Everyone go check out that website. It's LucaVet, L-U-C-C-A dot vet, correct? Luca.vet. Download the ebook, follow him on LinkedIn, and hey, while you're here, subscribe to Whisker Talks on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all of that. Thanks again, man. This was amazing. Everyone have a wonderful day. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man.